going to turn to Philippians chapter 2. As you turn in there today to be able to find our text, I'll read just four verses of the second chapter. I want to introduce a question for your thoughts this morning. The question being, have you ever desired to change your name? And I'm not talking about your last name, because obviously a lot of women get their last name to be changed whenever they get married. That's your Kayla. You know, Kayla has, or Kayla Beadle, I think, by school, and by Kayla Fikes by being married. I don't understand it. Colton, I don't know what that means exactly. So, you know, we were getting ready to go on a trip. We're going to Orlando in July. The whole family's going on vacation. We don't know this very often. I don't even know the last time we had a family vacation. But this year, we splurged a little bit. We're going to go to Disney and some things in July. And so Sheila booked the tickets. And she booked the tickets, Kayla Fikes. Because it is Kayla Fikes, right? Her driver's license says Kayla Beetle. So we got to fix that problem. Yeah, well, so in most situations, though, the wife adopts the last name of her husband. And Kayla's kind of 50-50 about the deal. I guess, Colton, that must mean something. I don't know what it means. Okay. <laughs> but the question still is the same. Have you ever been, not your last name, but have you ever desired to change your first name? Because when I was in high school, I really can't say I've ever had a desire to change my name. I've just been Kurt, Curtis forever, and that's just what it is. I've been gifted. The only thing I might have thought about changing was to make it with a K rather than a C. Because a lot of people spell it that way anyway. Because there was Kurt, which sounds like a K, and there was Ken, and there was Kim. But my mom and dad gave me the C, and they got the Ks. So I thought about maybe changing my first letter of my first name. But I can't say I ever really thought about changing my name. But we were in high school. Our Spanish teacher felt it would be a great idea for us to adopt a Spanish first name and then use our last name or last initial. And I really thought it kind of silly. So I didn't really give it much thought about it. But she insisted. And so when it came time for thinking of this name, I just said, I'll be Antonio. They never really given any kind of thought of all. It just became Antonio. Which means then that when we turned in our homework, we had to have our Spanish first name on there and then our last initial. So for high school Spanish, I became Antonio B. But again, I thought it was kind of silly, but she insisted it to be done. But even though maybe I've never desired to change my first name or my name in general, there are people in life that have changed their name, legally filed the paperwork to change their name. We recognize the Goldies here, and it's a situation that's unique in which they became from Basham for Jackson and Declan to Goldie, where he adopted the boys, a special situation in which they had the name to be changed to make them all inclusive as a family together. When it raised wishes, it was granted, it was done, it was complete. But there are other people who have completely radically changed their name. For instance, Cassius Clay became Muhammad Ali. Or Lou Alcindor became Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. How about this one? Destiny Hope. You know who she is? Miley Cyrus. Or how about this one? Catherine Elizabeth Hudson. You know who she is now? Katy Perry. So there are people who have changed the complete name. didn't really change their identity as to who they are. They changed the complete name. And, of course, there's also people who we go by, we know them really by just one name. For instance, Bono or Madonna or Cher. 
or Beyonce or Adele. One name is all you need for them. But then there are the name that's above all names, the name of Jesus. The text we look at today does tell us that this is the name above all names. And there's a message for today as we think about the name that changes everything. So stay with me this morning as we do so to honor the reading of the word. Again, it's not lengthy at all. It's only four verses. It's found in the second chapter of Philippians. As Paul writes to the church of Philippi, he takes the opportunity in the second chapter to voice these words or to write these words. And here's what it says in verse 8 of the second chapter. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. So that the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Let's pray, Father. We come before you today, Lord, to read your text. That's the letter that Paul's writing to the church of Philippi. And we see, Lord, within the text that we read, there's one special name that's been given to your son, who was both fully God but fully man, who came to save. Lord, we recognize him today and we honor him. The name above all names, the name of Jesus. Lord, this message has been given to us this week. We pray that you'll help us lead and to guide and that your spirit will reign here, Lord. There's much application as we think about the name Jesus and how we use it in our daily conversation. So we pray, Lord, that we would heed the message today and begin to reflect upon how we use this great, wonderful name, the name of our Lord, the name of our Savior, the name of the Messiah. Well, let's reflect upon the name of Jesus today. Lead, guide, direct, Lord. We love you. We praise you. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Well, again, the text we've read is only four verses in length, not a large group of texts at all to be able to read in one particular message. But notice how it really then is a larger unit of text in which Paul correctly informs the Philippian believers as he takes the opportunity to write to them. He's informing them really within the text, especially that we've read, that God has exalted his one and only son, Jesus. That's the jest we get from the verses we read. There's one name to be honored. There's one name to be praised. There's one name to be exalted, to be lifted on high more than any other name. The name above all names, the name Jesus. But it also should be noted as we find that within the four verses that we read. that the emphasis of the passage in Philippians chapter 2 is upon humility. As in, he's telling Paul is the Philippian believers. And we can apply it to our lives as well. That we should always imitate Christ's humility. That's really what's happening within the second chapter of Philippians 2. The call for imitating Christ begins in verse 3. Look with me. He's find in verse 3 that Paul urges the believers to count others more significant than themselves, to make them more important. Notice in verse 4, he says that they should be looking out for the interest of others. Then, of course, where we begin reading in verse 8, we see that also that there's Paul proclaims in verses 5 through 8 that no one, Absolutely no one. He's making a proclamation. He's making a statement that no one, no one exemplifies humility like Jesus. And that makes sense. I mean, think about it. No better example of humility exists in all of mankind than the one 
who lowers himself from being God to become man. But not just man, they, a man who then came to serve rather than to be served, as mentioned in Matthew 20, 28. And then even to give his life to the point of dying on the cross, which was and still is the most humiliated death of all time. Roger Ellsworth states, it would have been an act of stupendous humility if the Lord Jesus had done nothing more than take to himself our humanity. But he did much, much more. And that humanity, he died. Dying itself would have been an astonishing humility. But there is even more. His death was like no other. It was the death of the cross. And Ellsworth makes a great point that Christ exemplifies humility, especially in his life, but also in his death. F.F. Bruce adds that he, Christ, Jesus, he humbled himself. A deliberate act of self-humiliation is indicated. The whole composition, the text, celebrates Jesus' humiliation. And his humiliation was crowned by his undergoing death on a cross. It was in the manner of his death, even death on a cross, that the rock bottom of humiliation was reached. By the standards of the first century, no experience could be more loathsomely degrading than that. His whole life from the manger to the tomb was marked by genuine humility. With the text and then with taking these comments into consideration, there's no wonder then that Paul informs his fellow believers at Philippi, the people he loves, that Jesus and Jesus alone then should be exalted. In, in verse 9, he says, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. So that the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And Paul makes a great statement as he writes to the believers. He's writing to them now, but it's still applicable to all of us today. That Jesus, the name above all names, that every, every person will speak and honor his name on heaven and on earth. And every knee shall bow again on heaven. Or on earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. There's not a more accurate, better way of saying it. Paul writes it correctly. Jesus Christ is Lord. He's a name above all names and should be honorably, honorably exalted and praised each and every day. It's the Jesus is the name. Jesus is the name that should be honored, praised, glorified, esteemed. And exalt. It's the name. But the question we have to ask ourselves today is it? Is the name of our Lord, is the name of Jesus actually held in high esteem? Is he actually praised? Is he actually exalted? That's a great question we're going to come back to in a moment. It's a great question for us to be able to ask ourselves as we think about our daily conversation, our daily life. But think about the situation for Jesus. I mean, the title of the message really says it all, that Jesus is the name that changes everything. Is, he really, is it the name that really changed everything in your life? But throughout history, you'll never find another name that is more powerful than the name Jesus. Throughout history, you'll never find a name 
that has actually invited more controversy than the name Jesus. Throughout history, you'll never find a name that invites more hatred or division than the name Jesus. I mean, it's remarkable. But Jesus, the name Jesus, and coming to follow Jesus, our Lord, at times can tear families apart. It can destroy relationships. It can cause best friends to part ways. But nonetheless, Jesus Christ, our Lord, is the name that in every way should be exalted, should be held high. But the question we're asking ourselves today is we recognize that fact. Is it? Is the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, held in high esteem? Or maybe a more personal question for us to ask ourselves is how do you, how do you use the name of Jesus, our Lord? Is Jesus' name highly exalted in your daily conversations that you're having? Do you praise his name or do you use it in vain? Because we honestly evaluate ourselves and our daily conversations. It might just be that the name above all names, Jesus, is not held in high esteem. That we don't honor That we don't praise it. I mean, think about when someone that you know <clears throat> suddenly and unexpectedly surprises you. And, and they surprise you and they scare you. And perhaps you they call off guard when they surprise you and scare you. When that happens, there's a tendency for some people to react with saying, Jesus, you scared me. Is that taking his name and highly exalting? Is that honoring his name in that way? Or how about when a, you're having a conversation with a friend? And they share some information with you that is just like breathtaking. You might respond by saying, well, geez, that is awesome. Geez, of course, being short for Jesus. Saying, Jesus, that's awesome. Is that honoring or exalting his name? And, of course, there are the times that maybe we've been part of or certainly heard when his name has been mixed in with, you know, different profanities or people using it for swear words and association with being cursed. I mean, are, there t- are those times really when it's been honoring and praising and exalting the name above every name? But think about that. We recognize that the fact is this. The casual or irreverent use of the name above all names, Jesus, is quite common in our society. In fact, we could say it's too common. That, I mean, the name that should be honored above all other names that Paul is telling us here in the text is constantly degraded, or used in an offensive manner. We hear it. I hope we've never used it that way, but we hear it. And maybe as we recognize this what's happened in our society, maybe the real rub is this. Is that it, it happens so often that we kind of get immune to it. But honestly, as believers, as followers, as being Christians, Christ-like, it should offend us. And using the name above all names in any other way than honor and praise and glory should offend us as Christians. But does it? And so often in conversations we have with people or just hearing conversation from another person in the room, and we just hear that, that degrading, derogatory comment with our Lord's name, and we just begin to move on. 
Like it's no big deal. But it is a big deal. It is a really big deal for all of us because that is the name of our Lord. That is the name above every name. And as we begin to reflect upon that truth, maybe you begin to think, okay, I can barely hear you because your voice is messed up, but I, I, I'm beginning to recognize the fact that you're talking about this great name, the Lord Jesus, and how we should honor it and exalt it and lift it up high. Now, people don't really do that so much today, but, but the question really is, why? why is that such a big deal then? Why should that be a big deal to us about how people or we use the name Jesus? Or maybe another way to say it, why should the name Jesus, why should his name, why that name be exalted and praised and glorified and honored and revered. Why that name? Why? And after the question begin to ponder, and Stephen Wellen begins to provide the answer, it's rather simple. He says, Jesus has the name above all names because Christ is Lord. This name, given to him by the Father, affirms his divinity and supreme authority. The author of Hebrews recognizes that even the angels that Jesus hired any of the angels. In Hebrews chapter 3, 1, and verse 3, he said, Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being. Look at verse 4. He became as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is superior to theirs. And in verse 6, he said, God brings his firstborn into the world. He says, Let all the angels worship it should be a big deal to us. He is our, our Savior. Vivian Bicker adds, Jesus' name is superior to all other names as he is Lord, Redeemer, and Savior of our souls. Only by Jesus' name can anybody be saved. The Bible tells us Jesus is the only person who can save us. In Acts chapter 4, verse 12, salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. No other name but Jesus. No other name. So it's really simple. No other name can provide salvation for us. It is the name of every name. But no other name can provide salvation. Not Allah. Not Muhammad. Not Buddha. Not Krishna. Not science or anyone, anybody, or anything else. The simple fact is that nothing other than Jesus can provide forgiveness of sins, salvation, and eternal life of God. Only Jesus. So I ask, is there a name more powerful than Jesus? No, there's not. Is there a name that deserves to be honored and praised and exalted and glorified other than Jesus? Absolutely not. It is the most special name of names. It is Jesus, the name above all names, the name that changes everything. It's the name that changes everything about every one of our lives. So then as we have now taken opportunity to reflect on how we may use the name or how society uses a name. And they use society in a derogatory manner. Let us take some time now this morning to note four ways in which we can honor, exalt, revere, and elevate the name of Jesus. And here's four ways that we can do this. 
Exalt his name by our acts of obedience. Secondly, exalt his name by our selfless acts of service. Thirdly, exalt his name by our willingness to witness. And then fourth, exalt his name by our thoughts and actions. Four ways in which you can exalt the name Jesus. The name above all names. The name that changes everything. Now notably, we could expand upon each of these ways that we could elevate the name Jesus. But let me just group them together, make them all inclusive. I'll give you something. That we should glorify, honor, and exalt Jesus by all that you do. Just glorify, honor, exalt Jesus by all that you do. It almost sounds too simple, but that's how it works. We can honor, glorify, exalt his name in everything that we do. Because everything that we do in our lives as believers should exalt the name of our Savior. We say it again. Everything that we do in our lives as believers, as followers of Christ, everything that we do in our daily lives should exalt the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And as it suggested here, it starts with obedience. You just follow his commands. You say, well, which commands? There's a bunch of them written. Narrow it down to two. Love God first and foremost. Love the neighbor better than yourself. Start with obedience. That continues into the acts of service. I mean, just random acts of kindness. I mean, how many times have you gone through a drive-thru to get some quick meal? As you're going through the drive-thru, just random acts of kindness that can exalt the name of Jesus. And just paying for the person's lunch or whatever they're getting in the car behind you. And they just tell the person, the cashier, is what you're doing. It's just simple little acts of kindness, service that can exalt his name. Last night at the races, we didn't get to stay very long because of the rain. But because we were only there a short time because it started to rain, everybody wants to leave at the same time. So we were all going to the cars or trucks, whatever, getting in the driveway, ever getting in the parking lot, going back out to the road. But everybody's trying to leave at the same time. Sometimes it makes it kind of difficult to leave. So a random act of kindness can, simple little things can exalt his name and just Allow the person to go in front of you. Just let it go or two. I mean, those simple little acts of service to others that can exalt his name. And, but there's also witnessing to others. It's like sharing literally your testimony. Sharing the love of Jesus and what he's done for you. you know, Tom's not here this morning, but Tom, as we know, we've been praying for Tom Colt for a long time. Everything he's been through, I mean, he's a miracle man. Tom literally should have died. So he has a great testimony now. They can share with others. And he should not hide that. He should be willing to witness to others and allow people to receive the love that he has for Jesus and what Jesus has done for him. And of course, there's also the daily thoughts and actions. Because everything that we do, everything that we do, should exalt the name of Jesus. So we can actually glorify Jesus in everything that we do. But then notice we say that a bit repetitiously. Notice the opposite can be true. Meaning that we also can bring shame to the name of Jesus. If we claim to be a believer and do not live up to the standards in our company, we can bring shame to the name. Do we bring shame to the name of Jesus? It might be that we do. You know, Paul understood that that meant to either glorify Christ or glorify ourselves or to bring shame to his name. 
So that's why he wrote to the Corinthians in his first letter in chapter 10, verse 31. He says simply, whatever you eat, whatever you drink, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Then when Paul wrote that, I mean, he means literally that whatever you're doing, whether eating, praying, serving, giving, he said, just keep in mind that our chief purpose our chief purpose is to glorify, honor, and exalt the name of Jesus. He said, well, Paul had flaws. Yeah, he's like any other man, woman, child. We've all got flaws. We've all got flaws. But Paul, I admire him because he led an example to be emulated when it came to his desire to honor, glorify, and exalt Christ. In his letter to Philippians, he wrote in the first chapter, verse 20, he says, I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. Paul desired to exalt Christ. That should be all of our desires, to exalt him in his name. So as we've worded and expressed in our four ways to elevate the name of Jesus, we can glorify Jesus by whatever we do and we can exalt him by our acts of obedience, by our acts of service our willingness to witness to others in their actions. I mean, simply when our bodies labor to do service for him, we glorify Jesus and exalt his name. Our speech, our words that we use in daily conversation, it should edify him. It should lift him on high. Praise and honor and glory given to him. The name Jesus should not be used casually. It should not be degrading or derogatory mixed in with curse words. So often, that is what we hear. We should strive to be a positive witness wherever we are. Work, play, school, always willing to forgive others. And then our minds, our minds should have positive thoughts. You say, really, our minds? You said our actions, but also our minds? Yes, our minds should have positive thoughts. You say, well, why our mind? And the mind should have positive thoughts. We should want that because what we think about tends to lead to our actions. And believe me, then people are watching your actions. They see your anger at the baseball game. Or your anger at the soccer game. Or the anger you may have on the highway and express a little bit of road rage. Or the watching what TV or programs and movies, they even notice the clothes that you wear because your clothes themselves even make a mistake. So yeah, people are watching and your actions, your words, even the thoughts should always exalt Christ. If you're a believer, follower, Christian, everything you do becomes associated with Jesus. So is what you say is what you wear is what you watch exalting the name of Jesus. It should be. It's because sometimes it isn't outlined here this morning and expressed in four ways we can elevate the name of Jesus. We can glorify Jesus by whatever we do and exalt him by our obedience and our service, witness, and our actions. Honoring, praising, Glorifying, exalting Jesus is something that should be commonly heard 
coming out of our mouth and across our lips. Sheila told me this morning that she remembered an old saying. She was going over a little bit of these notes, and she heard me talk about a little bit of it. And she had an old saying that she said she still clings to. The saying is this. We should never use the name Jesus unless we are talking to him or praising and honoring him. Let me say it again. We should never use the name Jesus unless we're talking to him or unless we're praising, exalting, and honoring him and glorifying him. Or as Pastor Colin Smith worded it, honoring the Lord's name is our highest call. Christ will be honored when the world sees a community of people who show awe and reverence for him. And as we consider those words, recognize how it starts with us. It starts with you and me, that we as Christians, we as believers, must exalt the name above all names. We must exalt the name and edify the name Jesus. It is the name that changes everything. And I truly hope has changed everything about who you are, about everything in your life. So that everything that you do, exalt the name Jesus. Father, Lord, we thank you so much for the simple message today. The message of the Lord that just tells us that there's one name, one name above all names, Lord, that should be recognized and honored. Today, Lord, we simply just recognize that the name Jesus, our Lord, our Savior, is the name that we will forever now choose to serve and exalt and glorify and honor. Lord, we thank you for that sacrifice that was made for us by your Son, that name that we honor today, that name that changes everything. Lord, I pray, and I pray over all of us then, praying, Lord, that there be one person here today who's never had that change in their life that this name Jesus can provide, the sacrifice that he made, they would willing to accept that today and receive that full today. Lord, just be with us all today. Just lead and guide and direct us into recognizing that one name, Jesus. There's that one name. It brings us all together, Lord. It brings us all together because we love you, because we want to praise you, because we want to honor you, because you alone deserve that. Today, Lord, we honor. Name Jesus. Name we pray. Amen.